Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. And Eric, who go to your left. Stage left. Who, who, who is this? Joining us for the first time, Steve the Human. What's up? I actually am a dog. Oh, Steve the dog. Yeah. Even better. We've never had a dog on the podcast. You got it. Well, if it's for dogs and you, you got to have representation, right? It's yeah. very true. It's... God, you're so right. Well, thank you for coming and like, and making this more of an inclusive podcast. Yeah, Steve Steve Saylor, the illustrious bassist for Stop the Presses. I do that. I do that. And uh, former touring bassist for Eric Dano. I did that. I did that. (laughs) Hopefully, future touring bassist as well. I probably will do that. Yeah. (laughs) I know Eric Dano. Heard, heard of him. (laughs) Welcome, Steve. Steve plays ska bass. Sorry to shame you like that, but <laughs> playing bass is already shameful, and I was okay to get much worse. <laughs> oh, this, here, this is this is it. This is a, a three bass player podcast. Oh, yeah, did you know that I play worst. bass? It's the worst <laughs> podcast ever. Why are we doing this? Um, I I play bass. I filled in on a Holophonics tour. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah, and play bass in a punk band. I like bass. I, it's a lot easier than guitar for <laughs> punk and ska to me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's some bad bass players. I used to be. Yeah. Well, I probably all of still us. am, honestly. <laughs> I don't understand why people hire me to do these things. That's great. But we invited you on because you are, I mean, well, perfect guest, really, as you play bass and ska bass, more or less, because that's a topic of conversation on here. And then you love Adventure Time. I fucking love Adventure Time. Yeah, yeah. dude. This is, the, this is the perfect person to come and guest. So ready. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. And this is uh, another... Big first for us. We have an in-person guest. We have a three-person in the same room podcast recording session for the very first time. Two people and a dog. That's right. All right. <laughs> three people. Yeah. Three things in the same. I don't know. Living creatures. Yeah. This is really cool. In in my basement. This is great. I. I this is awesome. You're over. You're sitting in my new. I've never had two people over to sit in these new chairs. These I just chairs, got. They're like. Um, Almost like Clockwork Orange. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah, Yeah, that was great. I I was thinking 2001, but it's all Kubrick, so it's all good. (laughs) You went for it and you found it. Yes, good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, thanks. And also, you can't see right now, but uh, I realized too late that we didn't have a third microphone stand. Steve, so we MacGyvered the fuck out of this. Yeah, it's I'll, I'll throw up a photo on the uh, on the IG, but it's <laughs> it's a it's a symbol stand that Eric ingeniously wrapped up and made a boom stand. I'm gonna go and Sweetwater one. I'm gonna get Dave Snow. He's my rep to to give me a. a I'm gonna call him tomorrow and be like, "What's your best boom stand?" I don't, I don't know, Dave. Uh, Matt McKibble is my Sweetwater rep. Yeah, actually, I gotta call Matt. Uh, someone remind me to call Matt McKibble tomorrow. <laughs> I'll do my best, but no problem. Do, do you have a Sweetwater rep? I don't, but I think we could probably just sell this thing on there and people yeah. will buy it. It's like the Bushwick stand. People are like, nice. I'll get that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I know it's like a music meme, like the Sweetwater reps where they like call you all the time and you're, and if you're just if, always getting the catalogs yeah. forever in my house. Like if you, if you, if you start order, if you order like two pieces of gear, you get a rep assigned and they just call oh. you randomly. Just like, how is it going? Like, how's that gear treating you that I got you? And like, hey, I saw you put an order and can I get anything else for you? And, I, and before I've just been like, dude, like if I need something, I'll order it. <laughs> but but Dave Snow actually called me and I, I ordered a, a reamp box and it accidentally shipped to Austin where I used to live. And oh, Dave yeah. Snow calls me the next day 
And I was like, Sean, you're gonna have to like when it gets there, forward it to me. Like, God damn it. And Dave, but Dave Snow calls me and goes, like, Hey, uh, so we're sh- sh- shipping out that ramp box. I was like, Oh, Dave, like, can you reroute it to, to Brooklyn? He's like, Thanks for the call. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I can do that. I'll do that right now. And I was like, Holy shit, like, <laughs> thank you. And <laughs> the customer service is really there. Shout out to Dave. Hell yeah. And sweet water. Sweet water. <laughs> this one's for Kelsey, all this music uh talk. <laughs> It's one of our fans. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She doesn't appreciate uh, when we talk about music. She just wants the time. <laughs> but it's yeah. okay because she skips through all this bullshit and just to listen to us here. 15 seconds. 15 the, the seconds. Time 15 seconds. Yeah. 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 I, I assume that's like she she loves hearing us talk about Adventure Time so much that she puts in the effort to get to only the Adventure Time talk. Well, that's good. Which is cool. Which is good. <laughs> I think we're having a good talk today because we're, we're f- covering Bemo Noir. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's Bemovember. Uh, it's Bemovember. Play that Bemovember theme song, baby. That is beautiful. Oh yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. <laughs> Week two, Bemovember. What did you guys do last week? What was the... We did the episode? Distant Lands special. Okay, yeah. So I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. 44 minutes of solid BMO action. There's nothing better than like longer adventure times. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah. That they did that. And it's... Leading off with BMO was awesome as the first one. Well, that was... I was like I was saying before, like I just watched the last episode and it's like told a thousand years in the future by BMO, who's yeah. like the king of Oo now. <laughs> 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 like self-proclaimed king of Oo. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. Um, but this one we get some really stellar BMO yeah, active is, imagination. This is BMO banging on all cylinders. Yeah, this is every line. Are you gonna do? Should we do the, let's do the episode discussion? Do, are you gonna play the theme song for that or? Yeah. Okay. Many, all right. You got so many theme songs. Episode this is beautiful. Discussion. Eric's a wizard. He really is. Wizard City over here. Episode discussion. Uh, what what season and episode number was this one? Four and seventeen? No, season five, right? No, it was, it was uh, six. No, this, <laughs> are you sure it was a later? <laughs> no, it was definitely four. Because I was like, it's got to be later, but it was oh, like four. You got it. Four season, seventeen, right? Yep, season four, episode seventeen. I remember because it's Noir. three less than four twenty. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, so last week we were. We Can you play? Were, wait, don't we have a four twenty theme song? <laughs> Not he yet. We, we can make one right oh, now. Oh, not yet. No, okay. We got to wait till 420 to hear that one. Right. Okay. Yeah, we haven't made it there yet. <laughs> That's next year. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Go back on track. Uh, yeah, so last week we were like really on topic. Yeah. Like we we were very much play by play in chronological order describing everything that happened. We had to because It's a big up. It was a big app, yeah. and there was a lot of new shit. So if you hadn't seen the episode, did you, we have to? I don't know. It's in order <laughs> to even talk about it. It was so convoluted because you're like Bemo's on this like planet with all these levels, and like to even like talk about it, I feel like you had to explain a little bit. Well, well, whole, that's whole my. Thing. You have to like if you're not in it, then you're not gonna get it. This one is a little bit easier, I think. Like, I, we can give like, which is something we used to do, which is just the high level before we just start talking about it. Finn can't find his sock, and Bemo takes it upon himself to become a detective 
and go find this missing sock. In a whole noir. In a whole, it's like a spy thing. And he goes and around finding people, putting basically putting words into <laughs> uh, the mouth of chickens, rats, and other control. things. Remote control. <laughs> and uh, crafts a whole story until the sock is finally found at the end of the episode. And it's so many, so many twists and turns. Yeah, this is the uh, noir reference episode, which I think we were just talking about before. Is that the noir reference seems to be more prevalent than actual noir in 2021? Oh yeah, yeah. They don't make like noir movies anymore. It's all it's like a through like multi prism thing. Noir right. is becoming the more we say it, one of those words that like the more you say it, it seems like not a word anymore. So we keep saying right. noir, yeah. and I'm like noir. <laughs> Like I think I think actual noir is like officially dead. Like no one does like if anyone is going to make a noir anything now, it like has to be neo noir, right? Is that uh, yeah? I guess unless you like remade, like or like took one of the books that didn't become noir. Well, that was like it was like a French movement thing, right? Because that's what noir is like black in French mm-hmm. or dark in French. Sure. Yeah, but there there were. There was, there was, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know the whole history of it. My introduction to noir and like it was kind of popularized the Raymond Chandler books, which I have one up there, um, one called The Big Sleep. Um, oh, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that those books came out and it was like a whole huge popular thing. And then they made them into movies that were really popular at the time. But it's so funny because like I was reading that book and it was like, oh, I already know this whole book. And I was like, how the hell do I know this? It's just because it's been referenced to, uh, death. to death. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like all the tropes of noir were like in this book where he's like, he's got, he's at the office with the secretary who's like caddy and it's, he hasn't been there and then all the mail's stocked up. And then he goes to talk to somebody and it's like a <laughs> kind of like a, she's flirting with him and giving is into deep. Yeah. Giving him the eyes and like all that shit. And I was like, holy shit, this is where it's all from. I've, I've seen it in yeah. cartoons, you know, my whole life. Right. To finally get like the, you know, the starting point of all of it. Yeah. Right. And we were talking, I, then I watched like, you know, the Big Lebowski for the first time in like a decade. Um, oh, I was going to say the first time ever. Wow. No, no. I just slept on it. Yeah. And, for, <laughs> and that, and I was like, oh wait, this is like a noir. Um, it is like a detective noir. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I was like, oh, and then you just start realizing like you're saying, Eric, it's just everywhere. No one's actually doing straight up noir. Yeah. The, the most recent straight noir that I've that I've experienced uh it's neo noir I guess was the Hugh Jackman movie that came out a little while ago it was on HBO Max what's it called like Remembrance was that the name of it or oh yeah that sounds pretty close to accurate I didn't see it but that name definitely sounds about right yeah it's like set in the future uh I think it's like supposedly after like a second civil war kind of scenario we are definitely on the verge of one yeah (laughs) where like global warming has has made the sea levels rise. So like Miami is underwater. Oh, it's all too real. Yeah. So it's uh it's oh, like wow. a detective story set in like the future Miami and there's like, you know, everything is just like waterlogged and Hugh Jackman is the detective. Yeah. And I he, can get into that. And he's narrating the whole thing. It's like, yeah, it is certainly neo-noir um, with like a futuristic kind of sci-fi spin on it, but Those are, that's quite a genre fucking spinorama. There. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's, that's the most recent thing that I have experienced. It's like not, like comically referencing it. That's just like trying to be legit about it. Oh, the only one I have is like the always sunny one. The, <laughs> yeah. the genre always mops wise. Uh, like, yeah. I love it. I, I, um, I've read in the book inherent vice and then saw the movie when it came out. 
which is like a noir. It's like a play on noir. Um, was, that was Paul Thomas Anderson did it. Yeah, movie? and Thomas Pynchon wrote the book, and uh, really cool book. But it's more of a play on noir, where it's basically like they're taking noir form and then they're throwing it through like a seventies burnout and. The, um, wow, that's a uh, Joaquin with like yeah, the big thing. Joaquin Phoenix. It's one of the coolest books I've ever read because, um, in a, like a noir book, right? You're you're learning. The fun of it is that you're going with the detective and you're finding out the pieces of information at the same time they are. So you're like in the driver's seat, trying to crack the case, crack the case with the main character. So it's like a yeah. blast. Now the the fun thing about Inherent Vice is that your co-pilot, the driver, that this guy is just like in a haze of marijuana and bumbling around. It's kind of like the Big Lebowski. Kind of like the Big Lebowski. <laughs> and he's learning information and it, you can't tell if it's important or not. And it was like, oh yeah, like if we were really looking for a case, you'd meet people, you'd think they were suspicious and then they would turn out to be fine. And it was this person over here you didn't suspect. So there's like more information coming at you than you can actually catalog. But that's how it would be. And then throw into it that your narrator is kind of unreliable and high. It's like a really yeah. fun read. That's the narrator in my head all the time, just <laughs> always high and unreliable. Right. Bima was a little bit of an unreliable narrator in this episode. Yeah. Like it sort of made me think of um, oh, this is a movie I haven't seen in a long time, but Memento. Oh, yeah. Were those mm. references appropriate, do you think? Like, I like think not Memento really remembering good, yeah. what happened. And well, I think in this, Bima is like, purposefully like it's a whole ruse and then, yeah. like, when, he, when he hits his head and then it has that like little like trip out session and then they got <laughs> yeah. the, the, the face that like weird nose face oh, yeah, that, that, like, that really freaked me out <laughs> oh, my God. it did it caught me off guard again even though i've seen that episode <laughs> probably at least five times yeah but but bebo is is unreliable so you know you're going it, this is like a noir but the weird the thing, the thing that's really kind of like a mind fuck about the episode is that Bimo's creating it all, and they're showing flashbacks. But it's pretty clear that Bimo, it's flashbacks to something Bimo did and knows. And it's like Bimo's like acting out a a, a story that he wrote, and um, it's just like, does Bimo believe this? You know what I mean? Like, is Bimo just having fun? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we've touched on this a little bit, but I think Bimo's boundaries between reality and imagination just don't exist. So well, it's hard it, when you're like a sentient video game machine to have those boundaries. Yeah, well, no, like his his like programming was to be like an imaginative playmate. So like yeah. he he's like hard coded to like not be able to distinguish those those boundaries. And, I, and I, so it's it's funny when he gets wrapped up in his own imagination. Like he's not he's not playing with Finn and Jake. He's not like creating programmed imagination. Uh, yeah, Ooh, that's right? strange. I yeah, know. that is. <laughs> it's such a, like a quirky contradiction that's like so baked into so much of what makes Adventure Time like unique, right? It, everything about Adventure. I this this podcast can go on for like three days, and I wouldn't have enough to like say. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I just love it. Yeah, but Bimo imagination is strong, and is basically carrying out these tropes. So first off, we meet uh, Ronnie the Rat, who is the main suspect. Right. Introduced as if he's been a an established character. Yeah. And he's not. <laughs> it's like it's a little bit jarring. Like, do we know Ronnie from somewhere? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember do. seeing Ronnie in any episode. <laughs> the chicken, maybe. Lorraine. Yeah. I might have seen him in an episode or two, but I don't think the rat. Yeah, know. it was. But, but in BMO fashion, it's like, oh, there's Ronnie, of course. Yeah. <laughs> 
and takes a photo of, of Ronnie and then uses it as evidence, even though it's just a photo of Ronnie. It doesn't really make sense. Um, and then questions Ronnie and interrogates Ronnie and Ronnie takes Bimo takes his finger and sticks it in his mouth and like starts flipping up his gum. Yeah. To make him speak. And what does he say? Like Ronnie's not given the information that he wants, even though he's in control of Ronnie. It's, and, and what does he say? Like, I'm going to put my knuckle through your eye. What if I put, my knuckle in your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if I introduce my knuckle to your yeah. eyeball or Dude, something. Amazing BMO lines <laughs> all day. The the whole episode oh because God. he's he's narrating everything. So you get his inner monologue, just like ridiculous lines one after the other. The the best one, I think we were dying. The uh <laughs> sure he's a, a dirtbag born of a mother, but who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> reference to Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Fucking Ronnie. That was an incredible line. Yeah. So R- Ronnie is like, go talk. Bimo deduces that he's been hanging out with Lorraine, which is the chicken that they have. And he's like, I'm going to go run off and talk to L- Lorraine. And then like the jazz music starts and like, we're really starting to hit the, yeah. <laughs> the music. Oh man. Perfect. We're hitting the strides of, of true noir. And then they go up to this, like in the treehouse. And it's like on a different branch, and there's like another cabin that's basically just for this chicken. Just one chicken. We've it's never not like s- a hen house, or it's just one chicken in the middle of the thing. Right. Have we ever seen? I didn't realize there were other like rooms like this in the treehouse. I feel like you only get like one angle of the treehouse a lot, so this might be like that's a, true. Like a back angle. Maybe. Yeah, somewhere there exists a detailed cross section diagram of the treehouse, and there's definitely like canon parts that we don't ever actually see. Oh, cool. I love when people do the work for me like that, when they put out like these detailed diagrams. I'm yeah, like, sweet. Yeah. Thanks for doing the legwork. Um, there's like an implied like former romance between Lorraine, the chicken and BMO. And BMO. Right? Yeah. BMO <laughs> is like, Oh man, Lorraine is looking as beautiful as ever. <laughs> Like they've they've they were they've had they have a history. And, has like the lipstick like smeared across her beak. Yeah, and uh, and she's been having. He calls a, her sweet beak. Uh, <laughs> sweet beak. Perfect. And she's been hanging out with Ronnie, and they're kind of romantically linked. He's like, hey, did, did Ronnie steal the sock? And she's like, well, if Ronnie was man enough to steal a sock, I wouldn't have to go run off with Bebe. At night, like I would spend my nights with Ronnie, and at that point, I'm just like, "All right, what the fuck is who's baby going to be?" Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna find out. And you're like, "You're like, it could be anything," because like Ronnie and Lorraine, I don't know these characters. I'm like, "What? What's the animal that it's gonna be? Is it gonna be like a mouse this time, or a squirrel?" Yeah, you think it's? Oh yeah, yeah. and the officers (laughs) are cats. We didn't even talk about that. I appreciate how you know. Previously, we've watched BMO be you know, a sheriff and like mildly Mm. pro law enforcement, or at least like in context of the wild west and how he was very anti-cop in this episode. Finally. They seem like dirty cops though. Yeah. Aren't they all? Ooh. Hot takes. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think the casting that BMO did to make the cats cops is correct. I think, the cats make good cops. Yeah. Also, where the fuck uh, do yeah. these cats come from? They just have cats walking in and out of the treehouse, apparently. Sure. Like, like four cats, too. <laughs> yeah. Living with a dog. It's strange. <laughs> yeah. Mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never seen these cats before, but it's plausible, I guess, that they hang out. So. Plausible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so they have like a and they have like a pretty good banter though. I would say Lorraine and Bimo. Like they're it's just they're 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 hitting the ball back and yeah, forth. Their their dialogue dialogue with air quotes is <laughs> yeah. They're not spot really. On. Yeah, it's just Bimo. Too. <laughs> uh, he says like I remember everything, Lorraine. And she's like, do you? Does that mean you remember us? <laughs> like it's yeah. like so sensual, but like <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and then as Bimo's leaving, you see Ronnie up yeah, there. Yeah, like it pans up to right. Ronnie in the rafters. Now, I think that may have been to imply that Ronnie was still pulling the strings, but I was kind of feeling bad for him. Like, he just heard about Bebe. Like, <laughs> I think it was a ruse. Yeah, I think it was yeah. it was all a ruse. And Bimo sets off to find Bebe. Now, who's Bebe, Eric? <laughs> Can you explain who Bebe ends up being? Uh, is it a fucking TV remote? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is there a TV in the treehouse? Well, <laughs> they do. There's an episode where they're like, they're communicating with somebody like by video chat, like a villain or like. I feel like that always goes through BMO though, like any oh, like screen situation. I think there's an episode where they're they're watching a VHS tape somehow. So oh, is that the holiday one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's they have one. They don't like use it often. <laughs> I I wouldn't be watching TV either if I lived in Ooh, Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's I know. The most wonderful place ever. <laughs> Yeah. So yes, it's perfectly fine that there is a TV remote in the treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we've talked about before. See that the the like technology is very situational. Like there's a couple episodes where they just all of a sudden have cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the cell phones they use are, are never consistent. Like sometimes they're flip phones, sometimes they're smartphones, sometimes they're like corded phones, like connected to his backpack or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, that one I know that he like pulls it and it's got the little loop de loop yeah. thing coming through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's there's no real laws of technology, which is great. Another like little quirky contradiction. Yeah, I like it when there's like a, a universe that's set up with physics. You know, there's you know laws the way that it operates, <laughs> things that are here abided by. Yeah, and then they go and break all those laws. Like there's, but you know, only like I mean, for the most part, like there's like some consistent universal physics to the world of yeah. Ooh. Except for technology. Yeah. I, I love that that's the exception. Which, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it should be. <laughs> it's like some technology made it through like whatever, like the mushroom war or whatever, like nuclear blast. And it's like some things are very advanced. It's Cell true. phones and what, and then some things they just don't have, you know, like a car that like anything technology. Right. It's like true. Did, is there ever a car? I never thought about yes. that. Yeah. Uh, Banana yeah. Man, uh, Weird Al's character. He's a mechanic and he uh, he works on cars. Oh, Isn't that right. Weird Al that yeah. does that voice? Yeah. Oh god, it's so good! <laughs> it's so good. I just watched an episode of We Bear Bears that Weird Al was guesting on. He, he kind of played a, a villain role. I don't know if I talked to. I was talking about Weird Al last night. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the pod before with my friend Adam, who who was on the pod. But I went and saw Weird Al two summers ago in Queens, and it's like a top ten concert of all time he's like, incredible it was one of the best shows and his whole ever. like band they've always been like yeah the tightest. this one he was performing with a uh, orchestra oh yeah and uh Delightful. we we got like good seats and me and adam both cried <laughs> oh my god watching I'm it we were it. just like so emotionally stirred by watching weird out and we were like i don't know what why this is happening but this is like really impacting me on a deep level and then um the new york times wrote um, a story on him that was meant to be the cover of the New York Times as a profile Weird Al, and it was like 
the week that George Floyd was murdered, so mm. they bumped oh. him from the cover. But it's it's the incredible. They did it as a podcast. It's an hour long. But the writer said that he cried at the show as well. I was like, it's really deep for, I think, our age group, Weird Al. Weird Al was the it, first real concert that I ever saw. Oh, no way. Yep. Uh, How old were you? I saw him twice. I think I was like ages like 10 and 11. It was. Oh my God. I saw, I saw him. It was. Uh, That's the coolest thing I ever heard. It, it, uh, <laughs> b- both of those shows, they were like, uh, it, one was like before Running With Scissors came out. And then one, the next one was right after Running With Scissors. Oh. And they, oh, yeah. they were both at Westbury Music Hall. The Round? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with like the, the stage. In, have you seen that venue? Like they have a, it's like a circular venue and the stage rotates slowly. Mm-hmm. So like they're they're always like facing someone, but there's also like big video screens and there's like, there was a huge like video presentation component to the show. Like it was a full multimedia experience. Oh my God. I loved running with scissors. I I had the albums a bunch before then, but running with scissors is just front to back. Incredible. I'll be real with it. There's a lot of weird Al songs that like I heard first, like Amish paradise, which I think is by far a way better song. than Yeah. Paradise (laughs) will ever be. Right. I mean like when, when we were like, seven or eight years old and, or bad hair day came out like yeah i how would i have heard coolio before weird al like <laughs> that was that was the the avenue like yeah me too i didn't even know about i don't think i knew what gangster's paradise was for years yeah a bunch of the songs on that because he does like original songs and i just thought that might have been just like oh he did like a funny amish paradise song <laughs> yeah i mean he did the intro music to keenan and kel so why wouldn't he you know he did yeah, yeah. boys and homegirls, it's time for Keenan and Kel. That's weird. Keep Al? In the that's Coolio. Oh, oh, that oh. That's and fucking TLC so did um, so all confused. that. We had the best shit growing up. We had yeah. all these hip hop legends doing our theme songs to TV shows. It's incredible. Oh, I, he then uh, he had it on Bad Hair Day. I think there's a Waterfalls parody. Mm. Yeah, there probably yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. I never the food album. Yeah, that's that's so cool. You got to see him though at that age. That would have just completely oh, blown my mind yeah transformer first, first real concert i saw it, it, you know it's a comedy show yeah uh i think the next real band that i saw after weird al was bare naked ladies also a hilarious comedy show just as much as a music concert so uh, that that was you know that was where i was at oh. when i was and of course that's when i was getting into ska because you know like late 90s just like a kid who likes funny music like yeah. so my, my, fa- <laughs> my fate was sealed <laughs> well how about uh speaking of both those uh weird al's Bare Naked Ladies parody, Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah. It's been one week since you looked at me. He does that, but it's all just things happen to Jerry Springer. <laughs> I love that one. Um, yeah, well, I think when I saw him and it was so moving for, Adam, and the, the writer kind of gets on this, is that it like when you're a kid hearing Weird Al, it's like it doesn't occur to you that you could maybe even see him live. It did to you, apparently, but like it's just such <laughs> yeah. like, a thing you, you listen to in the car with your your brother or just like on headphones and you're laughing and it's hilarious. And, and but some people don't like it. Some people think it's goofy, whatever. Then you go, it's goofy and, for sure. Yeah. Then you go into <laughs> a, a, a venue and there's all these people and it's like your people, everyone's oh. there and fully and into it, it. Yeah. and listening to it. It's sort of like true communion, like mm. cultural communion. Yeah. Well, it was, it was weird because uh, it hadn't occurred to me to go see him live, but uh, one of my friends was, uh, you know, into him also, and it was like his family like got tickets and asked my family if we wanted to go also. So it was like 
me family and my friend to Weird Al. and our moms and dads and we all went to go see Weird Al. It was like a did, life-changing experience. Did everyone like it? Yeah. Yeah. What's there not to like? I was going to say that's <laughs> who who would leave there being like and not for me. All now, ages entertainment. The, the, the one of the interesting things to me seeing it is that now I've seen you know obviously a ton of concerts in my time but I was I've never been so engaged on the lyrical content at a concert as with him because you have to listen to all the lyrics because they're going to pay off their jokes. Yeah. So you're listening to it like jokes. And all of a sudden, like he was doing this song, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, <laughs> which just completely blew Adam and I away. Um, and he's doing it. And I'm just like, I, like I'm literally leaning forward. Like we were in our chair and I was just like leaning forward or, and I was like, like listening <laughs> as in leaning was, forward is going to like help you hear it better. You're like, I know. Oh, I'm really concentrating now. <laughs> I know. Because, but I, I don't know why you do that, but yeah. And, and I was like, Oh man, I don't like pay attention at concerts. Sometimes you just, you know, you drift in and out, you zone out, you're, yeah, washes you're, over, yeah. you're in your yeah. thoughts. And this, I was just like engrossed. Um, anyway, weird Al. Well, I'm glad that this is a nice weird Al. We all love it. Oh man. <laughs> we should do a weird Al podcast. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a Weird Al moment, um, Steve? I don't know if I had a moment, but I just remember listening Album. to him. I did my yeah. older brother, like, like everything came down through him. Got it. So he got like Weird Al's, and I was I would listen to it all the time. It's like impeccable musicianship, the fucking lyrical content, everything's written so perfectly. Yeah, I was just I always loved him. You're I right. Still the, do. the band and production on him is pretty impressive too. And they've been like the same as far as I know. It's been like the same guys for like ever with him. I think you're largely right. yeah. Like some guy, I think one guy's name's like Bahama something. Bermuda. Bermuda. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Jim West is the guitar player. Uh, he, yeah. It's just great shit. How did we get here? Oh, he's Banana Man. <laughs> I was like, how did we get here? And we're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, they do have cars. Banana Man works on them. And they, uh, right, yeah. and they also have TV remotes, <laughs> one of which is personified as a character named as Bebe. Bebe. Which is a really just weird name. Can we just talk about that? Like, as you're watching Shit's Creek, that is recontextualized for me. Bebe? Yeah. Have you watched that show? No. No, I only watched a couple episodes. I do love Catherine O'Hare. She is like a gem. Yeah. She, that's how she pronounces the word baby. (laughs) Oh, she just calls babies bebes. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what? She's got like a weird fake accent. Yeah. And like, that's the word that it's like drawn out comically every time. Like, to really highlight her her fake speech pattern. That's really funny. And it's it, yeah, it's it's become a caricature, but <laughs> Oh my god. It was it was really hard not to have that in my mind the whole time Bimo is is screaming about Bebe. <laughs> yeah, so so, so now comes to Bebe. Lorraine says that Bebe stole the sock. And he he's talking to Bebe. Bebe's like, I didn't take it. He reaches into the radiator and gets like coal. Yeah. And then starts smashing it into Bebe's face. It's like kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Very violent. Something I've never seen play out in like a real life scenario or like a, not a real life scenario, but you know, like in any other movie or yeah, I've never seen someone take like coal and then be like, what about now? <laughs> <laughs> I know what attack, what a tactic BMO just invented and it's getting all dirty and it's, it's bad. And then, Bebe's sort of like, I, I didn't do it. I, what happens? Like, Bebe, basically, Bimo realizes that he's been fooled by Lorraine and, I, I, and Ronnie. I, I couldn't follow it. Honestly, no, I, I couldn't either. There's like all these made up characters that you're just kind of like moving from one to the next. And I, I don't I don't really know is what's going on. Is that when one of the officer cats come by and is like, you're too close to this one, Bimo. You got to get away from maybe it. Maybe that's what happens. And then Bimo's like, all right, I'm going to go wash up and go to the. the um, oh, this is something I did 
want to bring up because it, it came to me when Bimo goes to the bathroom and starts washing his hands. And it's funny because he throws water himself. And, and then steam yeah. <laughs> comes out of the sides. What is um, Bimo's size in this episode seems kind of modular. Yeah. Like how big <laughs> Bimo's because Bimo's looking in this, this, um, this mirror and sink and it's normal size. Right. And then Bimo in the beginning episode is like uh, underneath the couch playing himself. And it's, He's really small. And when he goes next to the chicken, he's re- much smaller than Lorraine. So sometimes it's like, okay, Bimo is like literally the size of an actual Game Boy. Yeah. And then sometimes he's the size of like a toddler. Is there some Jake in him? Is there like some magic that yeah. he can like get a size of him down? I don't know. It's like whatever works for the scene, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny that you pick up on it because I think you, if you want to pay attention to that, you can find it in like, a lot of elements about any animated program. Yeah. <laughs> like just proportions and, and relativity of like one thing to another thing, like is always changing from scene to scene from board to board. That makes sense. And I, I just think that like on a show like adventure time, probably like the revisionists and editors don't care enough about it being consistent. Cause like it adds to the charm that it's inconsistent. Yeah. So yeah, it's part of the whole world yeah. too. Is everyone's fucking changing shapes and doing things. Right. And yes, yeah, whatever. And this is where so now he's clean up and BMO's reflecting. And this is where we get the great line of like like uh Ronnie Souls. Ronnie's like a, a dirtbag born of a mother, but aren't we all? <laughs> but who is it? And he feels bad for Bebe, so he's like, Okay, I'm gonna go back and talk to Bebe and like apologize for the whole coal incident. Goes back and Bebe has been killed. <laughs> And by killed, the batteries have been taking, taken out of the remote. <laughs> yeah. And it's been kind of smashed up. Yeah, I felt the drama heighten at that moment. Ratcheting up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is this the then the weird, like, trippy sequence? I think the, 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 well, no, for, the he, cats come. Yeah, Bimo falls and, like, breaks the ladder. And then that's when, like, the trippy sequence happens. Yeah, he's, like, going into jail. Um, oh, he's and running from the cops. Running from That's the cops and trips, or they trip him or something. Yeah, and then and he does a sick like breakdancing head slide <laughs> into like the tree trunk ladder down to like the treasure like foyer. Tree trunks. <laughs> so, so then it, does anyone want to take us through like explain this dream sequence because it was like a highlight of the episode. <sighs> Could you explain it well? I can't explain it. It's like um, <laughs> it's a dream sequence. So now it's just like kind of like a series of clips. And it's like kind of like it's coming together. Yeah. The scene when like it brings everything together, but not really. But it's messed up. And there, Jake and Finn are like, where's BMO? I'm worried about BMO. BMO's like, looks kind of like in a cell and like turns towards the camera. Then BMO's washing his hands again and and the mirror and punches the window. The mirror. Super intense shot. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, uh, and then BMO turns and his face is different. It's like a weird, fucked up. This, the, the, Either of you understand why or what that means? Like I, I did. I was going to say it for Miscellaneous Mania. I did find it. It's a reference. It looks to me like it's referencing the farm world faces of like alternate reality Finn. Mm, I, I can't remember farm uh, world. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So apparently in there's a dream sequence in David Lynch's Lost Highway. David Lynch frequent topic of conversation <laughs> and uh pendleton ward loves david lynch and uh-huh. is that true that, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah according, according to the uh the wiki i gotta check the source well then that makes a lot it's of gotta sense be, it's gotta be true then if it's so apparently <laughs> there's a there's a dream sequence in lost highway which i haven't seen in a while but i do love that movie where 
uh, like there's a seek and it turns and it's like the main character's face is now like an old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird. Um, oh, there's a, uh, not what's the uh, Mulholland Drive when like the guy is giving like the monologue about the dream at the diner. Yeah, yeah. And then he walks to the back and then the weird like witch yeah, thing comes yeah. out. That I'll remember that till I die. That <laughs> that scene is haunting. Um, <laughs> we talk about David Lynch all the time on this I'll podcast. Let's <laughs> go down to David Lynch. Hall. I'll I talk know. about Twin Peaks all day. I whew, yeah. We need Eric. Have you still? Watch Twin Peaks, the second season? Not yet. Mm. You haven't even gotten to the second? No, I watched season oh. one. Um, this was about five years ago. This was during the year that we toured. Yeah. When my schedule was just so bonkers. I think I fit in watching season one, and then I got distracted with other tour dates, so I never finished it, which yeah. is a ridiculous I mean, time to stop watching Twin Peaks at the cliffhanger of the season one finale. The season two is like three times the length. It's like twenty four episodes. I where think like the first season's eight. I think that's what that's ridiculous. what I saw. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a big jump. And if a I lot take of those out. are like not David Lynch episode. That's like Mark Frost uh, stuff, where it's like not weird. Yeah, there's there's a lot of <laughs> lore to it. I would love to do um, a Twin Peaks episode, Eric. Maybe we watch. There's like a huge episode in there's, season two. Um, uh, they're gonna say the season three one where it's like the whole oh, well, like yeah that's slow into the nuclear blast yeah it's the greatest episode of television so I've they ever say seen. <laughs> that's what I think but we could do an episode you could come back and we could do an episode we could do that episode all day <laughs> <laughs> okay okay all right cool and sh- maybe when Sean's in town because <laughs> it's my brother and he's yeah. a freaking guest and he uh, loves Twin Peaks it's so all fun. right well let's talk about that okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, who is the uh, the fan that like skips through the non? Oh, Kelsey. <laughs> we gotta like click her back in when we get back to adventure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right. Shit. So anyway, after this dream sequence, Bimo wakes up, and is that when Finn and Jake are getting home? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I can't remember. Um, and and they then- get home at the end. You're carrying a lard. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh no, he wakes up and Neptor is there. Neptor. He says yeah. that I got hit um by a Dracula like King Kong. Yes. <laughs> I got hit by a Dracula like King Kong. But uh, these none of this makes sense. It's just like Bimo were word jumble. Like it's- yeah. <laughs> And it's one of the first times that Bimo in like this whole detective thing is actually having a conversation with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like a real yeah. That's not like one sided by BMO and then drops one of the like meanest lines to Neptar. Oh, and he's like, We need to hang out more. Yeah. We're both robots. Well, well so there's a few, a few things that I do before the end. So Neptar says, like, Hey, um, there's like a sock missing from the treasure or something like that. And I saw about a sock's worth. And I saw, of treasure, Ro- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I saw Ronnie down here. Like, so then all of a sudden it's like, Wait, Neptar knows who Ronnie is. And then, then they, BMO's like, Bebe's died. And then, uh, Neptor's like someone killed Bebe so it's like uh, okay d- do they talk about this is it because he's also I think did Bimo give Neptor lines because doesn't he do he does that in uh, Angel Face oh yeah maybe in Angel yeah. Face happens later that's the 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 western one where yeah, Bimo's the sheriff, the sheriff yeah, yeah. and like gives everyone lines because I guess Bimo needs to up the ante on this role play um, but I was like how does Neptor know what the fuck Bebe is Dude, Neptor is such a fucking ridiculous character, uh, and he's always just getting burned. Everyone fucking hates Neptor, uh, and it's 
it's like heartbreaking but hilarious to hear b-modes be like we are not the same oh like, my God. we're not gonna hang out it was devastating yeah b-mo can Ooh, be we've talked about too b-mo can be kind of mean kind of harsh yeah well there's there's Straight a whole with it, real with it there's no give it to you one of the episodes i think it's like ice king like kidnaps a gang of like random characters and nectar is one of them because he like got him mixed up with bmo and was like oh you're not the robot that i yeah. wanted <laughs> oh. yeah that <laughs> happened. just doesn't get any love i know Neptor's just smart enough to have his feelings hurt <laughs> you know it's like fuck what a fucking mean thing to say about someone i know but you know so what i mean <laughs> it's so bad because like you'll hear people be like, you're like literally too stupid to insult, but Neptor's not just, yeah. just enough. And I think that's when Bima puts everything together and goes up. And then Lorraine is out on this like barrel in a pond in front of the treehouse with, with treasure, treasure. Yeah. not with Ronnie. It seems like Lorraine was the one pulling the strings the whole time in order to get the treasure and get on with her life. What a sneaky chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and they have like a... And he's like, where's the sock? And and then Lorraine says, in our special secret adult hiding place. And Bimo blushes. <laughs> was it adult kissing place or adult hiding place? I thought it was kissing place. Oh, yeah, kissing. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, adult kissing place. I think that's what it was. Oh, man, more good jumble. <laughs> and then fucking the barrel kind of kind of just like saunters over to the side of the pond. And Lorraine hops off. Yeah. Yeah. Lorraine pieces out. I think, I guess that's Lorraine's final appearance. I don't remember if it was her first appearance, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, in the distant land special, they talk about, right. That the uh, chicken running away. And it was, I guess, a reference to this, this, this instance of her, I, like, where did she go? What did she do? Like, had she been living there the whole time? Like, does her absence mean something? Is it important? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we can talk about this in and the rain has her own wiki page. Yeah, we can <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, so then it goes up, and then that's when Finn and Jake come back with the lard, and Finn is like, "Oh man, like Jake, see, you can have fun with one sock, man. Like I told you, he's like, yeah, but maybe it would have been fun. Could have been fun with two. Yeah, would have been more fun if I had two. And I was looking at the animation, and it kind of looks like Finn has two socks on because you can see like the, the I don't know if that's the top of his shoe. But like those like little white. Like, yeah, the little like. Yeah, I think I thought those were socks myself. Yeah. I'll pull up a, I'll pull up a f- photo. <laughs> oh, man, we totally. I'm, Goog- I'm Googling right now, Eric. Oh, play that Google theme song, baby. <laughs> Google, Google. Do you have the answers that I see? Every time you Google something, I regret having written such a long fucking. I was gonna say it started getting kind of like deep towards the end there. Yeah. I was like, oh boy, there's a lot going on in the Google song. But so on Finn, like at the bottom, like right above Finn's black shoes, yeah. there's these white. Yes, like are those socks? I don't. I don't know. Uh, like, they, I guess I always thought they were. They don't have to be. I. I they, if, That's weird. Time. Could be part of the shoe. They could be like Santa Claus boots. Oh, right. It's like lined with wool, maybe, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he has his on. Uh, okay. Anyway, comes back, and then BMO's like, Finn, I know where your sock is. And then, like, 
goes to the pillow, takes it out. <laughs> and, and then, like, yeah, BMO. Yeah. And then they're B- so stoked for BMO. Yeah. BMO, because then BMO just like word vomits the whole plot of everything that just happened with Lorraine and Ronnie. And I thought Ronnie took it. So then it was Bebe, but then Bebe was killed. <laughs> and I realized that Ronnie did take it, but it was for Lorraine and like all this stuff. And then Finn's just sort of like, yay, BMO. <laughs> Yeah, James but he's like James. sincere like, about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bimo's like, yay, Bimo, yay, Bimo. And it's like hopping up and down. <laughs> great dance. Great dance animation of like popping back and forth. Yeah. And uh, and then and when explain another great Bimo line when explaining Lorraine, she's, uh, she's, oh yeah, because Jake, after the whole story, Jake goes, so our chicken's name is Lorraine? <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> and then he goes, yes, and she is red hot like pizza supper. <laughs> <laughs> there's i i noticed the the final scene <clears throat> the final shot bimo says that it lingers on bimo just a little bit longer than usual like yeah. you know there's like there's always that last line or the last like something that happens it's always like weird and then you hear the ukulele strum and it goes oh, into the, the chorus uh the credits yeah uh but it's just like it lingered on just like the shot of bimo standing there for like an awkwardly slightly longer amount of time oh, wow, that's like, awesome. <laughs> like just 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 let ab- absorb what just happened yeah like just like let's sit here and just like okay one moment now Chris. Now. Yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> i love it and um yeah it was great so, we fast forwarded past this in the our telling i hope this is what i'm keep going. i want to talk about just the intro of finn and jake it's exactly what i wanted okay. to talk about yeah hit it you get Jake in the mirror, I, I believe putting on mascara at first, and then is talking the pregnant pause that he gives. He's putting on lipstick in a swirl, spiral pattern on his face, closing his eyes like as it goes over each time. I forget what uh, Finn asks him. Finn, I think Finn's like looking for a sock and he's like, yeah. where's my sock? And he's like, did you steal my sock? And Jake's like, I told you, man, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're having an argument about the sock, completely ignoring whatever it is that Jake is doing, <laughs> and it's never really never. explained. It's only like the confusion just piles on because when Jake returns, he's got the lipstick spiraled on, on his face, but he has an arrow sticking out of his head. Also, that's right, yeah. <laughs> like Steve Martin esque. <laughs> yeah, and Finn is carrying the lard, and it, who knows what they got up to? It's never but... <laughs> brought up. Never ex- nothing. No explanation about anything. I, now I would have to yeah. guess they were like hunting lards somehow, and like maybe Jake was the bait. Maybe I what I was wondering was the argument they're having is it sort of like a married couple argument? Like <laughs> where did you put my thing? I told you, and because Jake goes, "All right, everybody, Finn lost his sock. The whole world has to stop everything they're doing <laughs> so we can find Finn's <laughs> sock." And I was like, "Are they are they making him into the wife?" character is that what maybe like putting on the makeup is because it's like a you know domestic dispute that's how oh, i rationalized so it. their mom and dad and then bimo has to dissociate in order to oh, like here we go survive this do we have a down the rabbit hole theme song because i think we're just about to go <laughs> play that down the rabbit hole theme song baby down the rabbit hole Yeah, now, now, now I have to go fucking write that. Well, so we can listen. <laughs> I think it'll I'm be surprised a, you haven't already. I think it'll be a useful one because I tend to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> with those kinds of metaphors. So we can bring it back. 
just remind us we have it, I guess. <clears throat> There's so many now. We, I yeah. need, we need like a checklist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, this could be like this whole like imagination, like dissociation could be just a coping mechanism that BMO has for when his his parents are arguing yeah. and he needs to escape. Does he refer to them as his parents or they are their, their child? Uh, he refers to Jake as his son multiple times throughout the series, which is <laughs> a funny little, uh, again, a quirky contradiction. But the Finn does, I feel like Finn, does Finn ever go like call BMO's kid? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's uh, unclear. Okay. But contextually at this, at this episode, that could be what's being represented, maybe metaphorically. I think that's an incredible read on it. Yeah. I think you nailed that. Yeah, that's really I, good. Art. I mean, yeah, they go through some decent lengths to make Jake out to be like putting on makeup in the mirror. And mm-hmm. then like they get into an argument. Like it seems like domestic dispute ish. That's really good. That's a well done. <laughs> I, Play I, that well done theme oh, song. No, no, no. <laughs> well done. Congratulations. You did it. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. Now you're going to come back with like a whole... <laughs> Gonna have to get another iPad of just different theme songs to go through. Uh, should we move on to the next segment? Uh, sure, it's time to play. Did you see the snail? All right, Steve. Yeah. Did you see the snail? Oh, I fucking saw that snail. Pointed out immediately when. Wait, wait, wait. We have to go around and ask each of us. Oh. So ask me. Did you see the snail? No. <gasps> Eric, did you see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. Two out of three. I bad. saw the snail. Play that. Congratulations, Eric snail. and Steve theme I song. Saw the snail. One second, one second. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Dino. And Steve Saylor. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so where, Steve, where was the snail? The snail. So I think it's the part of the episode when BMO goes outside to uh, Lorraine on the barrel in the pond. And the first shot of BMO exiting on like the step stones into the treehouse. He's on he, doing his little wave. Yeah, he was in black and white. Mm. I was, I was, was act- most of the episode. yeah, I was, yeah. I was curious about whether they would show the snail in a color or black and white scene, um, because sometimes the snail adapts to the lighting of the scene, or like sometimes he's in shadow or whatever, uh, and sometimes he sticks out because like they just kind of like juxtapose him there. Uh, so I was, I was curious, and yep, they uh, they had him blend in by being black and white. Mm. God damn it. It was a quick shot, right? It's always it was longer than I thought it would be. Uh-huh. Like, it was more than one second. Yeah. Possibly two seconds. <laughs> it's a lot of snail time. A lot of snail time. <laughs> well, snail time is different than other time. Yeah. In, uh, in snail years, two seconds is probably like 20 minutes. Yes. Snail years. Ah, fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> well, before we go into the next uh, advertisement segment, 
that it's going to be an ad. You've, if you've been listening constantly, you've heard this so many times. So before you fast forward it, uh, if you, if you've made it this deep into the episode and you like us, please give us a positive review I'll on it. Apple yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Steve, do you, do you have an iPhone? I do. We're going to get on your iPhone after this and we're going to make you rate us five stars. Well, I actually deleted the <laughs> Apple podcast app, but oh. I'll get it back. Well, we'll get it back. <laughs> and throw it on. Yeah, there we go. We'll do a review like, eh, they're pretty good. Like it, one guest was a loser. But. <laughs> it weirdly, it, act, it it like figures into their algorithm and makes us more findable. So Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, all the likes and the social media is for. Please do it. Yeah, right. help, help other people get to Adventure Time Pod. Because Lord knows there probably aren't enough good ones out there i know i was looking for him hell yeah and they weren't great although the open mic eagle one was pretty good we should get him on the pod yeah that'd be a get <laughs> who open mic eagle oh I, I don't know how we do that but uh <laughs> we can lob out an email to someone yeah are we gonna get jeff rosenstock on the oh pod? we gotta do that too i guess uh that's the difference I almost texted you last night because I uh, I was like six beers deep and I put on No Dream and I was just like, this album is incredible. I was like, this is one of the best punk albums I've ever heard. And I was just like, even I was self-aware enough to go like, you've had this thought before and you've vocalized it before. I don't know why. Like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm acting like this is some new revelation to me. <laughs> it was like word deja vu. Like yeah. Thought deja vu. I'm like, Nick, you've thought this before. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Has it ever happened to you where you're like, you're having a thought and it's a big deal and you're like, dude, you've thought this before. <laughs> having the same revelation. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that with like a beer. Like when I, when you have a beer and you haven't had a beer in a while and you're just like, I like a beer. Yeah. That, <laughs> the other weekend I was like, holy shit. I love Miller High Life. Like this is like the best beer. Holy fuck. Like I, this is so good. And it's like, yeah, dude, you've been drinking it for like the last 15 years or whatever. I don't know. Every time it's like the first one. Yeah. The last 10 years I've been saying that like once a year. (laughs) I like texted two of my friends. I was like, guys, like high life is the best beer. They're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Stop fucking texting us. dude. (laughs) It's getting old. Didn't we have a conversation about Corona? Like the last time. We were talking at uh, Beery's. Possibly. I might have gotten like beer nerdy on it. I remember because I went home and drank a Corona. <laughs> In the time of Corona. After the convo. Yeah. And I, re- I remembered that. Like, okay, this is fine. This is pretty good. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking expired Stella Artois. <laughs> How's that? It, I guess it tastes like regular Stella. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still like garbage, more or less. Yeah, just kind of. Nothing doesn't have a whole lot going on. It's one of those things. If you got it, you're drinking it. Yeah, I have, a, I have a. My parents' fridge is full of like five month expired Stella. Mm-hmm. So, eh. and just it's just aged. It's yeah. not expired. It's aged. Yeah, yeah. cask conditioned in a basement <laughs> fridge. <laughs> there you go. That's All right. <laughs> well, I think it's time for Miscellaneous Mania. <laughs> Play that Miscellaneous Mania theme. There it is. theme again oh thank you Nick that one that's mine oh, you guys are just knocking it out 
I've always wanted to have like a soundboard, like a morning show thing. This is basically the same thing. Hey, Eric's great. got one now. I love it. <laughs> Hell yeah, iPads. So, okay, let me just huddle back on this whole David Lynch thing. Oh, here we go. Um, I did find the interview with uh, IGN.com. Here's a quote from Pendleton Ward. Um because they're talking about how there's like a potential, there's like potentially disturbing themes and imagery in the uh, some of their episodes. Pendleton said, "I feel like I take a lot from David Lynch, um, and a lot of our spookier episodes come from missing that particular feeling. And so we'll run an episode to fill that hole in my heart um, if we haven't done one in a while. I like dark comedies a lot. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've heard other people." And immediately after that, he's referencing Weird Al. Yep. It's, it we all did, comes together. We did, we did one recently with Weird Play Al. Play that full circle theme <laughs> oh, song. Oh, no, no. <laughs> too many, too many. He did He did voice a character named Banana Man, where he's the neighbor of Finn and Jake, and he sees his own death. And he has a death drama, and Banana Man is in it. And so it's just Finn and Jake running from this character who's a little small piece of banana, just a banana nub with legs. I really do, like dark ideas mixed with comedy. And he talks about how Weird Al really likes the show, and... Uh, he's a big Weird Al fan, so everyone everyone gets it. David Lynch and Weird Al. Wow, what a perfect quote, really, um, for this episode to have found. I like when our I like when our tangents do come full circle. It's very nice. It's, very, it's a beautiful it, thing. It happens was, more than it should. That was too neat of a bow to tie on everything. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I almost don't like it. It's almost <laughs> like we did like due diligence beforehand and like researched and like set it up, but it was actually a magical yeah you know, come together yeah coming together. Um. Yeah. So, but there's there's some other um cultural references here. Um, I'm trying to pull it up. A lot of um allusions to the film The Machinist. Um, particularly <gasps> Bemo staring into the mirror during the flashbacks, adding to hints that the plot is a manifestation of Bemo's fantasies. Because That's kind of a memento thing too, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I. It's been a while. Movie. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's all this like noir stuff that we were talking about, and and that. Um, now, let's talk about Lorraine. Okay, so Lorraine is in a bunch of other episodes. Okay. Um, this is the first appearance of Lorraine. Oh, the first appearance, and. I believe, yeah, this is where it's in, Lorraine is introduced. And I believe that Lorraine after this is um, is referenced, but I don't think we ever see Lorraine again. Oh, okay. So, mm. um, because well, she ran away, right? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> on, the, on the wiki page, it says voiced by Nikki Yang. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is very good. Yeah. So, in Blank Eyed Girl, which we just did, um, Finn, oh, that's that's right. Yeah, Finn's like Lorraine ran away. Yeah, that's the episode that Lorraine came up in. Not yeah. yeah. Do they talk about her in the BMO Distant Land special? Oh, I don't know. No, it was from Blank Eyed Girl. That's the one yeah. we did recently. And and then also our chicken Lorraine uh, in I Am a Sword um, is mentioned. Yeah, so minor character, but does come up elsewhere in the uh, the greatest the greatest story. Eric, anything you want to bring up? Um, let's see. Any other interesting facts about this episode? Yeah, it says all of the new characters in this episode are voiced by Nikki Yang. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, Nikki Yang does Bima, right? Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I like how they're crediting her like these other characters and not just like just having it be Bimo. 
like we are to understand that like that's the actual character's voice does it say that she voiced the remote baby uh yeah yeah <laughs> click on baby's page does baby have baby does have a page wow. does it say voiced by nikki yang <laughs> yeah yep. love it <laughs> occupation dance club owner <laughs> What? Age deceased. <laughs> Species, TV remote controller. <laughs> Gender male. Oh my God. Baby's a male. Interesting. <clears throat> Fucking baby. <laughs> wow. Age deceased. Yeah, I got murdered for covering up something. Oh, this is Maybe by Ronnie. Who knows? Yeah, Ronnie. Um, is not in and mentioned like yeah one and done for on yeah oh i have an explanation for the sock because yeah it says when finn gets back he's he's shown to be wearing two socks um but apparently this extra sock is one that finn made out of tortillas <laughs> what <laughs> Did someone just make that up? A tortilla nope. sock. He made a tortilla sock in the episode Princess Potluck. Oh, that's like wow. one of the first ones, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Holy shit! Um, it was cool to see Bimo playing himself itself. Yeah, that opening of him playing the the game. It was, it was like Inspector Chen or something. He's like, take that, Inspector Chen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, he's like fighting horses in the game. Is. <laughs> It's like a beat 'em up game with like guys like fighting horses. Is that what it was? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I love all the games that always come through BMO that they play. They're always so strange and they're they're you know like goal of the game. Yeah. yeah. One of the one of the games that BMO has is called Conversation Parade. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. And that's the name of like the semi official podcast that happened about Adventure Time like years ago, where they had like John DiMaggio and all the other like voice actors on. Yeah, that's a good one. John DiMaggio's voice, just like smooth like butter. Absolutely incredible. Just everything. Yeah, enjoyable. Yes, I was looking at like, I was like, Neptor, I'm like, when does like, because Neptor kind of fades out a little bit and we don't see Neptor for a long time. Mm -hmm. I was trying to see when that was, but. (coughs) Oh, so, okay. The episode Princess Potluck is what happens to Finn and Jake while they're away. Oh, really? Yeah, so we 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 get an explanation for the spiral lipstick and oh arrow and everything. Holy shit. I don't remember what it is, but What 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 episode is that? Is it the next one? No, it's in season 5. What the fuck? Why do they do this? <laughs> <laughs> Time jumping. You know what the, I mean? It's like, uh, why go back to to Bimo Noir when you're in season five? That seems like such a weird thing to do. I really hope that they did Bimo Noir just making Finn and Jake be totally random. And then someone decided, what if we figured out an explanation for this and tried to like reverse engineer what they were actually doing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe we'll we'll find so out. So I guess we, one, we will one day. <laughs> the story like episode order isn't chronological then? We'll have to see how this I kind is of pre- always assume it, it is was, chronological. We'll have to see how they present it in this episode. Now I gotta go. I, I assume that it's usually chronological as well, unless they explicitly say it's a flashback. That's strange. Yeah, they might they might have it as a flashback. Yeah. Mm. Uh Noir is a reference to the concept of film noir, hey. which is French for black film. 
There you go. It's official. That's the Wikipedia, the Adventure Time fandom wiki. That's where I go for all my French translations. Yep. <laughs> oh, you don't have just like a French person that lives near you that you ask all the time? <laughs> Anything else? Frequent references to David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I think we're good. We don't have any mail to talk about this week, do we? No. Let's uh, talk about next week's episode. Ooh, what do you guys do next week? Let's find out. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Let's go! It's the episode. Generator. Uh, so usually we pick an episode randomly, but we're curating BMO Vember to be only BMO episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we going to watch next week? Did we, what was on the the docket? You were mentioning one. There was. Um, we also did get a request. There was an episode we talked about where Lavar Burton guest stars. Mm. I think he he's just like a bubble, and Bimo hangs out with oh, a bubble. Yeah, that, <gasps> that's Lavar Burton. That yes. sounded incredible. Um, Is that what you want to do? It was. Oh, um, there was a request from Hannah. Thank you for the email. For catch up season nine eleven. Oh, and we did talk about this one. Uh the more you mow, the more you know. Being like that's two episodes, right? Is that a two parter? Yeah, that, and that that is like a heavy BMO lore. Yeah, that's going back to like the creator and everything. Right? Yeah. And, like, I mean, and... do we want to do that, Eric, or do we wanna let's save that for like the last episode of yeah. November? Yeah. One, well, one of those of the two parter. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do the bubble one. That sounds fucking fun. That's uh, Bimo follows like a bubble into like the forest and like gets lost or something, right? Yeah. What What is the name of this episode? Uh, let me just search Lavar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> let me check his IMDb for his his character illustrious credits. Is named Bubble. bubble. <laughs> oh, so the name of the episode is Bimo Lost. Mm. Season five, episode seventeen. So is that right around the Princess <clears throat> Potluck, right? Uh, yeah. Ugh, this is the chronological so we thing just, is going to give me a loop now. We just did season four, episode 17. Is every 17th episode of a season a BMO episode? Ooh. Uh, we're going to have to look into that. Did we crack the code? <laughs> maybe. 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 All right. Well, so, okay. So next week we'll watch BMO Lost. And you should too. Yeah. Season five, episode 17. Steve, thank you for coming on to our podcast. Thanks this for having me. Fun. What a fun conversation this was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What uh, What are you up to? Is there anything you want to plug right now? Ooh, plugs. Um, I think Stop the Presses is touring Midwest stuff in the springtime. Uh, otherwise, book my wedding band. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> our wedding band. Uh, the Chromantics. <laughs> We're very cheap and reasonable sounding. You got you got the chromantics. Is that on uh, all the places online? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't know. You got you got to get in touch with Jack. I think it's in on, some manner or fashion. Yeah, it's on some places online, but not all of them. Um, do you think that you could do a package if someone wanted for their wedding, like adventure guys to MC their wedding, and we come and we'll do a bunch of Adventure Time references, and then you guys can play songs. 
if somebody wants it, we we can do it. <laughs> I'd love to <coughs> MC a wedding with you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've MC'd weddings before. Really? Yeah. Uh it's like actually kind of stressful. Yeah. yeah. Because like at every moment you're thinking like, what if I fuck up their special day? <laughs> what like you just get like a huge list of names and you have to like pronounce them all correctly you're like <laughs> oh yeah shit i should have oh, uh, yeah. vetted this beforehand i guess <laughs> so yeah emceeing a wedding is uh not like a cakewalk okay but well, i've done i've got experience you've so, got experience yeah and i've got um unearned confidence so <laughs> <laughs> let's do it <laughs> a winning combo yeah uh cool so yeah we'll we'll post some some links for stop the presses stuff thank you oh yeah show notes. hell yeah go check out south presses it's fun it's fun uh Reggae ska, old school like rock steady ish stuff. Hell it's yeah. Fun. If if you if you made it into episode sixty one of this podcast, you're gonna like stop the presses, I think. Oh god, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in. You're gonna like it. Um cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh you can support this podcast on advent anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. Check out Eric Dano's Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Dano. Good shit happening there. Some secret shit happening there right now. Oh, yeah. So do that. Follow, Secrets. Follow us on social media and uh, tell one friend. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>